You're listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. So this is the last day of Epiphany. It is called Transfiguration Sunday. And the gospel passage for today, which John just read for us, is the Luke's account of that transfiguration. Jesus goes up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he is transformed into a figure of light. And they see, standing with him, Moses and Elijah. Now, a voice comes from the cloud, and it says, uh, This is my son. Listen to him. Do what he says. This is the second time in the gospel story that we hear a voice from heaven talking either to or about Jesus. In Luke's account at the baptism, the, the voice from heaven the first time spoke in the second person. It was, you are my son, my beloved. It sounds very personal. It's an epiphany, but not an epiphany perhaps for everyone who was present. It's an epiphany perhaps for Jesus, right? Jesus is being spoken to by the Father. You are mine. The Spirit descends upon him, and he's, he's anointed. Some, some say that this is the point at which Jesus is kind of anointed to be the Christ. So Christ is not Jesus' last name, as you know. It's not like his parents were Mary and Joseph Christ, and so he became Jesus Christ, right? It's Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And he may have always been divine, and that, that is our profession of faith, But he kind of becomes the Messiah. The Spirit anoints him to serve this role as king. And different people will argue at different points when they think that event happened. But some would say it was at his baptism. This is the Spirit kind of coming on him. He'll say later when he gets to Nazareth, he'll say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? I have been anointed, right, to proclaim the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, to to set... um, uh, Free, those who have been captive. And so this is our good news. And it's at this point we hear now, not in the second person, you are my son the beloved, but in the third person, an announcement. This is not just for Jesus. This is for Peter, James, and John. And I would say for the other disciples. It is interesting that the other disciples, think how close they were to Jesus. Like Andrew and Philip and and maybe some of those that we don't always talk about, Thaddeus and Bartholomew. Have you ever wondered about those guys, like Thad and Bart? Like, where were they on any of these, like, main events took place? But I'll say this. Even if we had been one of the twelve, if we had not been Peter, James, and John, we would have had to hear from someone else's testimony as to what had taken place on the Mountain of Transfiguration. So we, I think, are, in a way, part of that group. We are disciples of Christ. We have heard from others about what happened there. Peter, James, and John told Andrew and Thaddeus and Bart and the others, and then they told someone and they told someone and someone eventually told me, and now here I am telling you. It's how it works. It's what it means to be a part of this group. And today we are going to celebrate the baptism of five of our fellow Oasians. I know, that's exciting. (laughs) Did you hear that? We are excited about it. It's an exciting time. Um, At Jesus' baptism, he heard the voice of God, you are my son. 
And then at the Mount of Transfiguration, we now hear the account, this is my son. And all of these people who are about to be baptized are sons and daughters of Christ. They are being baptized into the body of Christ, that is, into the family of God. They are becoming a part of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is this uh, practice that we do. We don't baptize ourselves, right? We're baptized someone else, by someone else. In the same way, we don't birth ourselves. None of us were very active in our own birth process. It's not like any of us decided to be born. That wasn't a decision that you made. It just, it was somebody else's decision and it happened, right? So someone else baptizes us. And Paul would say that in our baptism, we identify with Jesus and his death as we kind of go down into the water. But then we identify with Jesus and his resurrection as we come up out of the water. And you need to know this. This is, this is quintessential for, for Paul's understanding of what's happening here. He says that Christ, what the, the work of Christ has done, and what he means by that is his, his life, his death, his resurrection, everything from his birth through his childhood, the miracles that he would do, the, the sick that he would heal, the demonized that he would deliver, the hungry that he would feed, the storms that he would calm, his death on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension and enthronement, right, in the heavenlies. All of that has, Paul would say, worked the redemption of our bodies. Isn't it interesting? Work the redemption of our bodies. So much of popular Christianity has very little to do with our bodies. It has a lot to do with our souls, but that, my friends, is not good theology. And if you think we focus, if we end up focusing solely on our souls, forgive the bad English there, if we focus completely on our souls, we actually run the risk of not even being Christian. To be Christian is for the work of Christ to, to provide redemption of our bodies. You, as a person are not simply a soul who inhabits a body. Like sometimes we'll say that, I have a body. Well, okay. You could also say, I have a soul. But then who's the I that's having either one of those? You are, you are a person, right? You are a human being. And this, this is the Christian understanding of what it means to be a person, is that a person is both soul and body. Right? We're, this is not that the dualism that we sometimes get taught is not the Christian faith. And it is our bodies that are baptized because it is our bodies that are going to be resurrected. The work of Christ not only acquits us of the guilt of sin, it also sets us free from the bondage to sin and from the bondage to death. Amen. I want to say that again. The work of Christ doesn't only acquit us of the guilt of sin, which is what you've heard all your lives, right? That, that Jesus' death acquits the guilt of sin, right? You're, you're, you're no longer held responsible, responsible for those sins. It doesn't only acquit us of the guilt of sin. It also liberates us from the bondage of sin. And, and the wages of sin is death. And so if we are set free from the bondage of sin, then we are also set free 
from the results of sin, which is death itself. And that is good news. And that's what gets celebrated on days like today. It is the epiphany, right? We're in the season of epiphany. Technically, today is the last Sunday of epiphany. Uh, this uh, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. We'll talk about that later. Hope you all come out 7 o'clock this Wednesday night for an Ash Wednesday service. We're getting ready to go into the season of Lent. It's a completely different time. It's a completely different feel. But today, today is still epiphany. Revelation, manifestation of who God is. And we see perfectly who God is in the person of Jesus. And we identify with Jesus in our baptism. Now, we're getting ready to uh, watch a short video that we put together a number of years ago that talks about uh, baptism. And it's, it's beautiful. And um, it says exactly, I think, what we want to say. But before we watch it, I want to say this. You've come here today to worship, to, to be, to attend a church service. But because at this church service we are baptizing some of our brothers and sisters, then I want you to know that you are not simply a spectator of their baptism. right? So there are, we have the five people that are being baptized, but the, the rest of us are not spectators. We are witnesses. We are bearing witness as others who have been baptized into the body of Christ. And we're bearing witness to their baptism. We're going to hear them and their profession of faith. And as you hear their profession of faith, that's something to celebrate. But I want you all to also remember the time when you made your profession of faith. They're going to make a vow. I'm going to ask them, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And they're going to say, yes. And I'm going to say to them, do you denounce the evil one in all his ways? And they're going to say, yes. And then I'm going to say, on the pronouncement of your uh, profession... Right? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And today, as you bear witness to them being baptized into the body of Christ in which you have been baptized, it is a time for you to remember your own baptismal vows, your own profession of faith, how you too have come into this group, this family, that they are being baptized into today. And committing to that. It is not just in our heads. These aren't just ideas that we have. It's in our very bodies. It's in our very lives that we practice. And that is good news. My name is Ethan Johnson, and I'm going public. My name is Grace Strummer, and I'm going public. I'm Landon Stromer, and I'm going public. I'm Cecily Waddell, and I'm going public. My name is Barbara Graham, and I'm going public. You know, the early church really struggled with the fact that Jesus was baptized, because it said that John was baptizing people for remission of sins. So the question is, what was Jesus getting baptized for? I love the Gospel of Mark's version of that story. Mark is so blunt. It said John the Baptist was baptizing people for remission of sins, and Jesus went and got baptized. Thanks, Mark. That doesn't really help. 
Matthew helped us some. Matthew said that Jesus was doing this to fulfill all righteousness, showing that maybe Jesus' action was somewhat different from the rest of ours. There's, a, there's another gospel called the Gospel of the Hebrews. It was, it was probably the bluntest, although it didn't make the A-team, didn't actually make it into Scripture. But in it, one of Jesus' siblings says, hey, John is baptizing in the Jordan for remission of sins. Let's go get baptized. And Jesus said, well, why would I need to go get baptized? But the early church, I think, got it exactly right. From Irenaeus forward, theologian after theologian and pastor after pastor has taught us that Jesus' baptism is unique because Jesus is God in the flesh. He's divine. Jesus doesn't go down in the water for Jesus to be cleansed, but Jesus going down in the water cleanses the water for the rest of us. Jesus sanctifies the water so that the water might sanctify us. For we are Jesus' disciples. And as many of these candidates for baptism said today, they're doing this to follow Jesus. They're making their profession of faith public for others will know. And I couldn't be more happy for them. Let's pray. God in heaven, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this water. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your spirit. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters, for your church, your people all around the world, and for this unique expression of your church here at Oasis. And Lord, I pray that as we commit to this sacrament of baptism, that you, your spirit, would do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Baptism and communion, these are the two kind of scripture sacraments. Um, Not to say that the other things aren't sacramental in our lives, our confessions, our marriages, our ordination, um, our prayers for the sick. But uh, certainly these these two have kind of stood out uh, in the practice of the church. Jesus did these things. And Jesus told us to do these things. We do baptize those who make a profession of faith. But the table operates a little differently. The table is open. It's for whosoever. Um, Jesus was in a culture where what you ate and who you ate with was um, used to demarcate kind of those inside and those outside the community. Um, You only could eat certain things. They had to be prepared, prepared certain ways. If someone's life experience had placed them in a position where they were even temporarily spiritually unfit or unclean, they would have to withdraw from the table and not, not eat with everyone else. Which makes Jesus' use of the table all the more remarkable. Because he's having meals with everybody. Like the Pharisees. He's eating at the table of Simon the Pharisee. But then he's also eating with tax collectors. And he's also eating with prostitutes. And he's also eating with Democrats. And he's also eating even with Republicans. There's actually a parable about the publican. Right? 
Oh, no, that was, that was a different one. But the table is this beautiful way to, to celebrate the grace of God, the forgiveness provided through the person and life of Jesus. This, this is the news. It's, it's so good, it's hard for us to even imagine it's true. We're heavy-hearted with what's going on in the world today. We serve the Prince of Peace, and we know his way in the world is to be at peace. And we know that he's bringing that to fruition at some point, but even now we lean into that and hope for and pray for its reality. As the Apostle Paul would say to the church in Rome, As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. And what should you do with your enemies? You should feed them. That's not why I'm getting ready to feed you all. (laughs) You're not my enemies. But even if you were, we are to feed them. We are to pray for our enemies. Care for them. Paul will say just a few verses later, he'll say, the whole law... Right. Everything God wants of us is summed up in this one statement to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we come. As we say, this is the table of the Lord. Not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready because he wants to meet you here. So whether you've been here often or whether you've never come before, come today. It's made ready for those who love him. It's made ready for those who, love, who want to love him more. We come to the table not out of our riches, but out of our poverty. Not even out of our health, but out of our sickness. Not out of our strength, but out of our weaknesses. We come to meet Jesus here. Lord, we pray. Send down your Holy Spirit upon these gifts making them the body and blood of Christ so that as we receive them, we might become the body of Christ then sent out into all the world. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.